0: Someone came to me, I'll just tell them, Miss Carrie, it was you. (laughs) She asked me about a passage, I'm sitting there and my mouth dropped. Because not until this morning, my wife asked me last night, said, you don't? you going to speak on yet? I said, not yet, but I will. And this morning as I was praying in my prayer time, God directed me to what to speak on and that was the absolute very passage she came and asked me about. But that's just one of them. We're going to kind of go to the whole thing. <clears throat> now, I've <clears throat> been a pastor, I've been a professor, and that's what I'm doing right now is, is teaching. And what I try to do, rather than me getting up and reading everything out of the Bible, <clears throat> as I do with my students, I have them read it. Why? Because I want them to know what they believe and why they believe it, versus me just blabbing out and saying blah, 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 blah. all right? <clears throat> Let me just say, first of all, Mother, could you bring me that coffee up here? Did you put, you poured it out? No. Oh. <laughs> yes, sir. Could you give me some of that, somebody? And put two of the, those coffee things, those little cream things in it, please, right? <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. So anyway, what I'm saying, I'm going to have you all read the verses, okay? So let's start off, if you may, let's turn to the book of James. Now, they told me I had an hour and a half to preach this morning. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Let's turn to James chapter 1, verse 22. Who would like to read that? And I'd like for you to stand up, read it, go for it. Set up and read it out loudly, please, sir. 22? Yes. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Woo, so <coughs> No, it's just that, just that one verse. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so very much. Ah, oh, yes. Now, I know y'all probably couldn't tell unless I told you that I'm from the South, could you? <laughs> <laughs> old southern boy, I'm a black-eyed pea and cornbread preacher. Oh, thank you very much, sir. You're the man here. Thank you, sir. I'm no going to put him right here. It's so, all right. <laughs> By the way, you all know that the University of Florida started that stuff. When I was playing 50-something years ago, they had it, and then we copied it, and every, then they sold that's their Gatorade. Florida are the, are the Gators. Anyway, don't ever see them do that? That's what they're talking about. Anyway, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. we'll give you an amplified translation of this but continue to become doers of the word and not only hearers continually deceiving yourself wow now what's fascinating about this word deceiving it's made up of two words in the greek The one means by means of, it's a preposition, the other, I'm going to pronounce it, y'all tell tell me what you think it sounds like in English, logizomai, logic, yes, that's it. And what it's talking about is how you go back and forth, you reason your logic, you know, you go, well, maybe this, maybe that, are you with me? And so what this is saying is, is that we can, through our own carnal ignorance and narcissism, deceive ourselves in practicing what I call but theology, not this, but the conjunction but. And that is, Lord, I know what you're saying, but, are you with me? And so it's saying you're continually deceiving yourselves by just becoming a hearer, and let me say this to this old boy, and a talker, but not a doer. <clears throat> I've been a Christian 53 years, three months, and five days. And I will tell you this, the older I get, just like Paul in 1 Timothy 1.15, he says, Jesus came to die for sinners among whom I am chief. I, that's the way it's written in the Greek, is he emphasizes it. And I say this really. as I, The older I get, I realize that I am less than nothing, and that's being very complimentary. Whew, man. Y'all are blessed to have the worship group you have. I've been around a lot of churches, I'm going to tell you. Y'all are blessed. We sing that song, Lord, it's not about me, it's all about you. That one song we sing. You know how that young man that wrote that song, you'll go back and look at it. God took him through some intense, intense brokenness because it was all about him at one point. It's like you were sure. And God took him through that brokenness and said, well, it's it's not about me being seen or heard. It's about you being seen and heard, all right? That's what we need to understand. So from here, let me keep my time here. All right. I want us to turn now to the book of Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Who'd like to read that? Genesis 6, 5. Who wants to read that for us? I'm going to have you all stand up so, you can, so they can hear you. Then I'm going to give you a little exegesis on that passage there. Okay? Who wants to do that? Go for it. Genesis 6, 5. Now, thank you so much. Now, some people, oh, that was before the flood, after the flood. No, no, we've always been that way because this same passage is reiterated about the evil of man in Genesis chapter 8 when they come out and make the sacrifice. He says, you're evil from the core of your being. I'm paraphrasing. Now, the reason I I wanted us to look at this because, again, I'm going to give you kind of an amplified translation. And the Lord saw that great was the evil of man. We say the evil of man was great. No, it's great. And now when you look at languages like this, exactly, it's the word order that's emphasized. And so it says, and the Lord saw that great was the evil of man in all of earth. From the fall onward. Isn't that amazing? And not some, not most, but every intention. Now that word intention there literally means the formation of the thought before it even becomes cognizant to you and me. What, cognizant means before you even think about it. You know what you're just thinking. The other day, my wife and I were on the ra- listening to the radio coming home, and this guy was talking about how people are all basically good. Remember that, mother? By the way, I say this all the time. You know, I'm from the South, all right? In the South, we call our husbands and wives mother and father. Years ago, we first came out here, and I did that, and this little girl said, that's his mother, but she's my wife. That's just the way we do it. I just look good. I'm like a good <laughs> anyway, so it's saying before our thoughts even formed, they're evil. And all of the thoughts of the heart, only evil all the day. You say evil only. It's only evil all the day. Wow. Let's look at now if we may. I'm even doing stuff I hadn't even planned on doing because you asked me that. You're the you're the blame, lady. Y'all blame her now, okay? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I want us to look now real quick though over the book of John. This is not what I had planned, but this is what God wants us to do. John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. Now, Jesus here is speaking about the Holy Spirit. Who'd like to stand up and read that? John 16, 8. go for it. John 16, 8 through 11. through verse 11, yes. Very good, excellent. This is what the Holy Spirit does. What is the first thing that it says He convicts, reproves, and exposes to us? What's the first thing? Wow. Now, I want you to keep your finger here. Turn back to Genesis. Because it's all coming to your question, Carrie. Let me tell you the way I teach and preach. I go to the foundation, versus just blabbing something. I want you to see and understand the reasoning why. Genesis chapter three, verses one through uh, one through five. This is Satan tempting Eve. And then we come to verse 5. He says, you know, she said, if we eat that fruit of that tree of not, we'll die. He says, no, you're not going to die. Now we come to verse 5. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Who'd like to stand and read that? Go for it. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Continually knowing good and evil. You'll be your own God. You will make up your own moral criteria. Do we see that today? And the United States, unlike any time in the history of our nation, but this is the way it's always been, folks. From time, from the time of the fall onward, you go back and study ancient history. By the way, if any of you, we're starting this next this month, iron sharpening iron on the history of the Bible. If any of you are interested in coming to see me and. And I'll give you my uh, email, write me and just put iron sharpening iron, you'll get the invitation if you can come. But what's significant is from time immemorial, the oldest, going back to the earliest writing, written history, ancient Sumer, 3000 B.C. You go back and read that stuff and you see it's all about men, kings, others glorifying themselves, deifying themselves. Isn't that amazing? We still do it even as believers in Jesus Christ. What did the disciples continually argue about and Jesus addressed it? Continue. What? Yes! Who said that? Very good. Could you stand a minute? I want you all to see that t shirt. Being a Christian isn't easy, but the retirement plan is amazing. I love that. (laughs) That's exactly right. Who's the greatest? Why? Because that's our sense of worth and identity to measure how much better I am. Yeah, he does it. Yeah, but, blah, 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 blah. Uh-uh. Philippians 2, 1-8. through 8, We're not going to take time to look at that now, but go back and look at that passage. Philippians 2, 1-8. through 8, Verses 3 and 4, Paul says, don't do one thing out of selfish ambition or empty conceit. I don't have time to get into that word, but it means there's nothing there. When you're conceited, that means... You're blowing smoke. It means you don't even know what you're talking about. It means you are worshiping a, it's gone. Empty conceit. Isn't that amazing? But he says, but in humility of mind to see others is more important than yourself. Wow. Be like Jesus, who was God in the flesh, but he became as a servant. Jesus continually told his disciples, they were arguing about who's the greatest. He said, he that's the greatest is going to be the least and the servant of all. That's huge, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, your worth and value is not about you being praised in their mind and the minds of others. It's about Jesus. That's what we sing tonight. It's not about hallelujah. That was a great song, by the way. Thank you for having them sing that thing. All right. Where are we going from this? second thing is the Holy Spirit convicts us of is the righteousness of Jesus, that he is the only way. And the third thing of the judgment that awaits us. When I got saved 53 years, three months, and five days ago, a young girl had been praying for me nine months every day. I didn't know her from Adam's house, cat, But God told her to pray for me, and she did. And I came to Christ after nine months because about, she started January the first, 65, about March. I started coming under conviction. I didn't know what was going on, but I ran hard. I tell people all the time, if she had judged the effectiveness of her prayer by looking at me, she'd have quit. But she never did. Why? Because she knew God is greater than the circumstances we see. That's huge. And she prayed. On October the 1st, 1965, I came to Christ. And from that time forward, God has been doing his work in my life, including great breakingness over failures in my life. Let me see, it's all about him and not about me, all right? Now, we talked, we started off with James. Don't logically start to argue, well, I know know what I need, but I did this, I went to the church, and I did that, I went to the church. You know what the Bible says about our works? Ooh, we've got to look at this one, too. Isaiah 64, 6. This is good, folks. We need to look at that. Let's look at Isaiah 64, 6 here real quick. He wants to read that. Now, we don't have any little children in here, do we? No. Well, we got a young man. How old are you, son? Okay, well, you're old enough to hear this. 64 6. He wants to read that. Go for it, sir. You know what that polluted garment literally is in the Hebrew? I'm gonna give it. I know you probably won't remember. It's called beged, edem. Edem is the plural. It means cloth of filthinesses. Do You know what that was? It was a menstrual cloth. Let me just use common words. It was a used bloody cotex. That's what the Bible is saying that your good deeds and my life. Why? Because it's about drawing. To, you do. Say, oh, I did that in the church. It's not about you being noticed what you do. Those of you who are volunteering, it's not about you being noticed. You're doing it under the Lord. Colossians 3, 24 and 28. Let's look there real quick. Powerful passage. Powerful passage. Who wants to read that? Verses 23 and 24. Who'd like to stand and read that? Anybody? somebody go for it sir oh he, okay you go ahead ma'am go ahead oh ah is it up there Colossians 3 23 and 24 there you go Keep going. Verse 24. Thank you so much, ma'am. God bless you. Powerful. Now, that word heartily is not in the Greek. That's not even a word. That, what the translator trying to translate this phrase. Literally means, and whatever you might do, any action... Out of your suke, out of your inner man, continue to do it as to the Lord and not unto men. When you do it to men, God doesn't even recognize it. We don't have time to go back, but go back and read Matthew 6 1 through 4. God doesn't even see it. Isn't that amazing? You're deceiving yourself. Isn't that amazing? You're deceiving yourself. Why? Because from the Lord you're going to receive the reward of the, of the inheritance. It is the Lord Jesus Christ that you're serving. Now, let me tell you, the enemy is going to come at you like white on rice. Y'all know what that means? Y'all don't eat much rice out here, I guess. In the South, we love rice. You get a, a, kernel, a kernel of rice, the white's all over that. That's how we use it as an expression. Satan's going to attack you from every angle he can. Self-pity, oh, this is not fair, all that kind of stuff. Let me ask you, was it fair that Jesus died on the cross when he was totally innocent? Jesus says in Luke 9, 23 and 24, I won't have you turn there, but it says, if any man wants to come after me, boom, let him deny himself. That means each and every instance during the day. Take up his cross, same thing, and continue to follow me. Hallelujah. He that tries to hold on and practice but theology. I know what you're saying, Lord, but the very thing you're trying to gain, you're not going to gain. But he that loses his suitcase, same word here, his inner man, for the sake of me, is going to receive the blessing beyond anything he could imagine. I'm paraphrasing. Okay, now we've said all of that. And the reason I wanted to point that out, folks, there's nothing good within us. If we could, by our own righteousness, and save ourselves, If we have the ability within ourselves to do what is right and good, Jesus' death is utterly superfluous, isn't it? But it's not because we can't. That now leads us to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. And, Ms. Carey, since you asked me about that, I'm, I know you've already read some. I'm going to have you stand and read that thing again, all three of those verses. It's your, your fault. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Ooh, ooh. Now, I'm going to give you kind of an amplified translation on this. That first phrase there, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, I'm going to say it very loudly so I don't want to shock anybody, especially the women that jump out of the seat. But the way this is worked, oh, you got a little baby. I don't blame you. I don't want to wake that little precious angel the way this is worded in the Greek, if you understood Greek, you'd say, my land is coming out and grabbing you, throwing you up against the wall and shaking you. This is what it's saying. For by the grace of God and the grace of God alone are you continually being saved through faith, not that of yourselves. That's pretty intense, isn't it? But that's what God's leading him to say. Why? And this is not out of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Now, I'm not going to get into all the debate on this issue because I'd be talking about stuff that would make sense. But let me just say this you look at it yourself. For by the grace have you, are, and are you, you have been and are continually being saved through faith. This is not out of yourselves, or this gift is not out of yourselves, it's, it's from God. In other words, the the, the, this that it's talking about is talking about the gift. It's the gift of salvation. Well, what is the gift of salvation? It is believing God by faith, isn't it? Faith is a gift from God. Notice, not out of works, lest anyone should boast. Hey, look at my faith. I remember back in the early 70s when the word faith thing started. They were proud and arrogant. Boom. And it was all about glorifying men. Oh, you can have this. Listen, I'm less than nothing. And that, again, that's complimentary. But here's what's significant about this. This is something that God does in your life and my life. Okay. Now, keep your finger here. Turn back to Romans chapter 10. And this is all coming back to what we talked about in James one let Let's look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, because this is huge. Uh, we're going to read 8 through 13, so I don't want one person to read the whole thing, but we'll have one verse at a time. So I'm going to ask my mother, my wife, not my mother, I'm going to ask my wife if you might stand, mother, and read verse 8, and then we're going to go back there and look. 9, 10, 11, 12. You want to read, son? You. You want to read? Okay. Well, we'll go back here. We'll let you do it, madam 13, okay? So go for it, mother. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Wow! The word of faith. Now, let me just tell you what. In, in, in Greek, you have two words for word. You have the word logos, which is the eternal word. John 1, went, in the beginning was the logos, that is the eternal word of God, the eternal truth of God, who God is. His, the very song we sang about his promises, hallelujah, yes and amen. I mean, that's glorious. All right. But this rama, this is the other word here. This talks about God making that logos real in your heart and mind When we are transformed when we're saved, when we're born again. That's what this... It becomes a reality. It becomes a truth. No human being can make that happen in your life. It's totally the Word of God. Now, this is God putting it in. I, I tell folks, I'm not a good cook. I'm a great eater. My wife is the quintessential southern cook. Uh, by the way, how many of y'all ever had red beans, rice, and sausage? Oh, my lands. I'm going to tell you, I know I say this all the time, but she makes it, it'll make your tongue slap your brain. I love that. I just assume... <laughs> Eat her red beans, rice, and sausage as I would steak. Now, it's saying here that God is putting this word of faith in your mouth and in your heart. Oh, my lands. Ha! God yes. It's not something. We, otherwise, we could be proud. Hey, I can save myself. I'm good enough. I can blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. We have nothing good as every thought that we have, you understand? We read Genesis six five is corrupt to the core, even its inception. Now, however Verse I don't know who nine, yeah, there we go. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse ten. Now, I'm going to give you a little amplified translation. What version are you all reading? Yes. What? Ten. Version. No, what? Yes. Let me just make a recommendation, the New American Standard. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying the New American Standard is the closest literal translation to the Greek and the Hebrew. And the American. Okay, <clears throat> literally what the verse 10 is. For with the heart, you are continually be- believing unto righteousness. Do you understand our works are corrupt to the core? And if faith was something we produced, it would be equally as corrupt. Isn't that amazing? Wow. But notice what verses 9 and 10 say. Now let me just, I'm going to make a statement here. I am not an Augustinian. I'm not an Anselmian. I'm not a Lutheran. I'm not a Calvinist. I'm not a West End. I'm not a John Whitest. I'm not a Jonathan Edwards-ist, iced. I'm not a Billy Grahamist, and I'm not a Chuck Smithist. <laughs> I am a Biblicist. But being a Biblicist, you, what you do is you study. You find truths that all of these men spoke at one point in time. Are you with me? But then you find other things that have their own flawed, skewed stuff, because I'm a flawed, skewed man at the apex of it. Are you with me? Now, having said that, keep your finger here, and I went to my, now praise the Lord, you guys aren't mad at me, so they won't hurt my mind if I read it this way, but my wife didn't like it the way I read it, but she wasn't there. But this is an absolute truth. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. Now, let me just tell you what Paul's writing about here. He's dealing with a church that was divided because they were focused on their commitment to certain men. Well, I'm an Augustinian. Well, I'm a Lutheran. Well, I'm a Wesleyan. Well, I'm a Calvinist. Well, I'm a Smithist. Well, I'm an Edwardsist. I'm a whatever. Are you with me? Who wants to read this? We kind of of part... let's Let's start over here. We're going to have you read... One, two, three, four, five, six. What's the start of uh, uh, it? 1 Corinthians three one. Three, two, one. three one. I'm sorry, my ignorance. So go ahead and stand up, sir. I tell you what. Since there are nine, read three verses. Just read three, and that way we'll get through it fast. So three one through three. One, three, three. So brothers, I cannot address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. Now stop right there. You know what the word babes there is. It's a breast-sucking baby. There are a couple of words in the, Hebrew, in the Greek used for babes. This is the infant, the breast-sucking infant. Not a little kid that can walk around like my little but a breast-sucking baby. Wow. You think that made them feel really excited when he said you're a breast-sucking baby? <laughs> Keep going. Verse 2. Okay, verses uh, four through six, sir. Stop right there. <laughs> well, I am a Calvinist. Well, I'm a Wesleyan. Well, I'm a Smithist. Well, I'm an August. He's saying you're a breast-sucking baby. Keep going, sir. Who then is Paul? And who is follower, But ministered by whom you believe. Is that incredible or what? Whoa. Now read that last phrase. Even as the Lord gave to every man. My lands. Now my Baptist stuff is coming out. <laughs> Even as the Lord gave me gave what? Gave the faith. He gave it to you. Okay? Okay, uh, then verse 6. I have planted a of water, but God gave the increase. Woo! I didn't produce the increase, God gave the increase. Okay, ma'am? You. You feel like reading it? Okay, go for it. Uh, 7, 8, 9, ma'am. Oh, my land's alive. That very song we sang, that's who we're to be focused on. Are you with me? We're less than nothing. All my words are just, it's the word of God that God ministers through us. That's what's going to bring eternal blessing to people. Okay? Keep going, ma'am. Verse 8. Verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's field. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. That's good. That's huge, isn't it? Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 10. All right. All right. Y'all can, again, can blame Kerry on all this. Romans chapter ten. Yeah, this is huge. Now, Oops, I'll, let me get my place here. I can't even find it. Uh, I'm so slow here. Okay, so we read. Eight, we, roll, we read through verse ten. Who's got verse eleven now? Who's who's eleven? You're eleven. Okay, stand up, please. Well, Ooh, verse twelve, sweetheart. Verse 13, this is huge. Everybody listen to this one. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, now, let me just say this. I've read Calvin's Institutes. I've read most everything Augustine wrote. I've read Anselm. I've read a lot of Luther. Not all of it, but a lot. I've read The Bondage of the Will, one of the best books. You need to read that if you haven't. I've read Wesley, not, not as much as these others, but I've certainly read him. I've read Edwards. I've read George Whitfield, Billy Graham when I first got saved. That's all I knew was Billy Graham. Uh, I've read Chuck Smith, all these people. But you know what? They're all sweet, precious men that God's used, but they're just mere flawed, skewed men. Are you with me? You can see in what they've done, even their teachings and so forth and so on. But it's God who gives the faith. Otherwise, we'd worship men, and that's exactly what happens. That's what was happening there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1-9. What this is saying is that God puts that word of faith in your heart and my heart. Not something we produce. He gives it to us. But the choice to chew and swallow it is yours and mine. Wow. He enables us to do that. Now, as I say, I'm not a good cook. I spent a long time. I used to cook steaks, and that was about my thing, and hamburgers. And I can fix eggs and bacon in the morning and stuff like that. My wife is. I can't do anything. She does. So let's say I invite y'all over, and I get these little ribeyes, these little, you know, ten ounce, juicy, thick, succulent ribeyes. Now, I bought the meat. I didn't raise the cow. I didn't kill the cow, butcher the cow, I don't at the grocery store, I just bought the meat, I go to put it on my grill, buy the coals, grill it, succulent, I put it on your plate to eat. You're sitting there. I get a knife and fork, I cut a piece out, put it in your mouth, and I pull the fork out. But there's one thing that I cannot do for you. What is that? I can't chew it and swallow it. That is your choice, isn't it? To either do it or spit it out. Am I right? That is what you need to understand. Now, one other verse here. Then we're going to go back to Ephesians, all right? Let's look here in John six forty four. This is a powerful verse. Who wants to read that? Nobody in the middle has done anything. Let's have one of y'all stand up and read. <laughs> Somebody here in the middle won't do Also, I don't want to. Pr- okay, good, sir. Go for it. John 6, uh, No one can come to me unless the Father sent me draws hand, and I will raise him up. On the last. What version is that? NASD. What? NASD. That's what? I thought it was. That's because I see, very good. That's exactly what the Greek saying. Thank you very much. That's what y'all need. Okay, I'm not telling you what to do, but I would make a little. <laughs> Literally, what this is saying. Again, an amplified translation, and not one person has the ability within himself to come at any point to me unless the Father who sent me should draw. I was born and raised in the South. I went to church all my life, Southern Baptist. I got baptized when I was six. The only problem is all happened to me is I got wet because I didn't accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But I went to church and I sang and I did all the stuff and then I would go out on the weekend. I was, I'm not going to tell you what I did about bad things. But I'd go back to church on Sunday. Okay, That's the way we did it down there. Oh, yeah, and I thought my salvation, if I'm good enough, my good works, that way, my bad, I'll make it, that's, Every human being thinks that. I don't care what you, if you're a Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, if you're raised in a Christian church, Orthodox, Catholic, uh, Evangelical, whatever. If you're not born again, that's what you think. This is so important, ladies and gentlemen, because it's not by tricks and gimmicks. Praise God for that week of prayer and fasting. Where's everybody? Yeah, you ready? I can't tell you how important that is. It's not by our might or by our power. It's by the Holy Spirit. No human being. You know, the only person that said anything to me about coming to Jesus or anything related to that directly was about three weeks before I got saved. Now, I played football at Mississippi State. And y'all see the, the State and Iowa game besides me and my wife? Oh, we lost. Horrible. But... Back then, freshmen couldn't play varsity, so they used us as dummies. So we were running Auburn's offense against our varsity defense. I had to go block this linebacker, and I was this all-state player. I thought I was Tommy Tough, and I went to hit him. He turned around and knocked the snot out of me, really. Ooh. He's home with the Lord now. He died of a heart attack a few years ago. His name was Sappel Mortar. Wow. Wow. His wife let Janie wear her wedding dress in our, in our wedding. Anyway, you know. So he knocked the snot out of me. <laughs> that was the hardest I'd ever been hit up to that point. But let me just tell you, see, God uses as you pray. It's not about you making things happen. It's about you praying, depending on God, being faithful, doing what he says, and watch and let him do it. He said, welcome to the Southeastern Conference. That's what he said to me. The other linebacker, the young man that ultimately led me to Christ, came over and said, Justin, just want you to know that Jesus loves you. And so did I. Here I am. His I said, what? And I began to watch his life. And I saw both of them. There's something different about these guys. Everybody else was cussing. The grass, the dummy, the sun in the south, it gets really humid and hot. These aren't. make a long story short, I went to a service, said this man speak, give his testimony that night. I realized, oh, my God, I saw my sin. No human being said anything to me directly. The man preached, the Holy Spirit did it. Are you with me? God had been drawing me and dragging me. That word draw there literally means dragging. He'd been dragging me. Why? Because he loves everyone. He loves those people out there. He loves some of these people who have just been elected to Congress. Some of these, the perversion is enormous, tragically. I'm not here on a political thing, but the Democratic Party has become a party of perversion, tragically. And I heard this woman from Michigan or wherever he was, this Muslim woman, get up here and curse. And you know, yeah, I heard that. Filth. But you know what? Me screaming and yelling at her, is not going to change one thing. But I start praying for her, realizing God, that's what's going to do it. Paul was killing Christians, wasn't he? Woo! God drew him. That's what's going to happen. Now, having said all of that, let's turn back now to Ephesians 2. I, I've got another half hour to preach. I'm joking. I'm gonna finish up here in about ten minutes. I'm joking. I'm teasing y'all. Okay. Back here to Ephesians. Okay. Not out of works. Verse nine. Nor no mention both. Now, who, did you read? You read verse ten too? Okay. Now, I'm going to give you, now again, I'm going to give you the, I'm going, to, I'm going to say this to you in the order that it's written in the Greek. For of Him we are workmanship. Literally, it's of Him is the first word in there. It means we are His workmanship. You know, His workmanship we are. From Him, it means out of Him and from Him. We are the workmanship. We're not our workmanship because I can't do squat. The older I get, I see sin in my life. I don't even know a sin. That song we sang up there. Powerful worship this morning, I'm going to tell you. There is nothing good within us, ladies and gentlemen. We're not basically good. We're basically evil to the core. And it's coming to that place of understanding that when you depended upon God as a little child, Jesus said. Having been created in Christ Jesus. For the purpose of, or by means of, or through the good works that come from Christ. That's the way this thing is working. For his workmanship we are, having been created in Christ Jesus so that these good works might be manifest. Is that incredible or what? It's not that I do them, I can't do squat. It's that God, as we come to the end of ourselves, he is doing it through us. Does that make sense? I am nothing. As I said, I'm less than nothing, that's a compliment what I see God doing is totally in spite of me, not because of me. Huh? Now, look at this. Which God preordained, in other words, long before, before the foundation of the world. Go back and read Ephesians chapter 1. We don't have time to do that now. But God preordained these works in Christ that when we receive Christ, that now as we surrender. Now, here's the key. In order that in Him we might continue to walk. That's what it's saying there. Now, notice, in, in order in, that in these we might continue to walk in these works, okay? Now, I like that because that last phrase that we might continue to walk. Now, let me just say this with all due respect. I have some dear friends that are, I'd kind of call close to being hyper Calvinist. I love them and pray for them. Only God can open their eyes. I have some that are hyper West You know, the works, I mean, I just pray for them. But here's the reality. God does the work. He calls us. He chooses us. He drags us to that place. But you know, that final step is mine. Some people at Calvinist believe that you're regenerated. Don't know it. That's ludicrous. All right? that's, it's just, that's, you've got a system, and now you're trying to make the Bible fit into it. Are you with me? Don't be an ist. A man is, Be a biblicist. Are you with me? That's what God wants us to be. But here's the final step. that we might walk in them implies what come on y'all our choice. what ma'am our choice, our choice. but yes but, but our choice but what does that also imply action action which also implies what that we might walk in them that we might not walk in them is that right <laughs> oh now i do want us to turn as we close here. Can I finish at 11.30? Is that okay? <laughs> Seven minutes. I'll be done. Let's, look, let's do look back here in the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. By the way, fascinating thing to me, I find people that Calvinist, many of them have never read Calvin's institutes because you find there's a lot of stuff in there's good. A lot of stuff is just, I don't. Same thing with all these ists. Go back and be a critical reader and thinker. Don't just take what somebody says. I'm not going to call the person's name. She said, do you know blah, blah, blah? I said, yes, I know him. He's a friend of mine I haven't seen him a long long time. So she showed me something that he wrote. Now, you don't know Greek from Adam's house, cat, do you? Okay. But I looked at what he said, and what he said was totally wrong. Just grammatically. Okay, but yet that man loves the Lord. God's work through him. People come to say, we're all flawed people. Are you with me? That's why we don't look to the man. We look to the God, hallelujah, who's the one that gives all of us life. Okay, that's what we just read in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. Now, Luke nine, twenty-three and 24. Who wants to read that? Go for it. Ooh, this is going to be good. Here we go. How many? All of them, all these people that were there. Okay, we want you to keep going. If wishes to come after me, Stop right there. If anyone continually desires to want to come after me, he must, take, he must deny himself. Woo! That means each and every instance, all during the day. Stand up, and let's see your t shirt again, real quick. <laughs> Being a Christian isn't easy. It implies death to self. Keep going, sir. And take up his cross daily and follow me. That means once you've done this, as you each day during the day deny all of these thoughts, these self-centered narcissistic thoughts, you take up the cross each and every instance all during the day, then you're going to be able to follow Jesus. Otherwise, as we read there in Ephesians 2.10, you're going to walk in your own carnal, narcissistic stupidity. Verse twenty-four. For whoever wishes to save his life will Woo! This is what I call but theology. But wait, wait, wait! Just meant the word "life." There is the suke. It's that inner man. I'm going. You know. Oh, I want this. This is going to make me know this. I know what you're saying, Lord, but. Thank you so much, sir. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, for all of us, this is not just about philo- philosophical doctrinal discussion. This is about life. Are you with me? I can't take glory in anything. It all goes back to Jesus, not me. But he has now as a believer enabled me to surrender every day to him but he doesn't make me the choice is mine. Now, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to encourage you to go back and look at Hebrews chapter uh, 12 and verses 4 through 11. It's talking about God's discipline. But I am going to read one thing to you here, just to show you God's love for us. Because what God will do, I have five daughters. One is with the Lord but I have now eight grandbabies. I love my grandbabies. I'd give my life for them. I'd fight to the death to keep them safe. But when you go back to Hebrews chapter 12 and you look at verses 4 through 11, it's talking about the discipline of God. And God disciplines those of us who are his children. In fact, it says he scourges every son. Oh, how many of you guys play football? I know that nobody likes two a days. But two a days are for the last quarter, the last game, when the score is tied, you got five minutes to play. That's what two a days are about. Anybody here do martial arts stuff? Anybody into that? Okay, very good. We got several. If you came and looked at my hand, you'd notice this funny looking knuckle here versus this is from breaking bricks and boards. Now, ask me since you've done it, sweetheart, ask me if it hurt doing that. Does a cow go moo and a dog bark? Absolutely, you said I can't. Got bad shoulder surgery, fingertip, all of that. But but all of that's in order for to develop, to become proficient, whatever it is you're doing. The scourging that God takes us through as His children, is that we might bear His fruit. Now let me just tell you this: that discipline is huge. When I played at Mississippi State, I was fast and quick, and. I would, guy would pull. I'd be back there tackling. But my coaches said, "Justin, don't." I know I give this example all the time, Mama, but that's okay. Uh, they said, "Don't do that." They're gonna watch your game films. I said, sure enough, they did. We played this team. They watched the game film. The guard pulled. I went back there. The quarterback fake throwing it. And then he went up the hole. I mean, they about three times. that coach pulled me and me sit on the sidelines. The next week, he put me through hell, literally. We got back on Sunday. Typically, I was just a loose day. He had me he had shoulder pads, don't know, no, but just working me. Worked and worked. Isn't it fair? Isn't fair! Look, I saw him do this. I do. That very week, God had me read this passage. And I came to verse 10. This is huge. In other words, what God does, he does in us in order that we might share his holiness. Verse 11. Not some discipline, not most, but all discipline for the moment does not seem pleasant but painful but for those who have been exercised by it hallelujah it brings forth the fruit of his righteousness here's what i'm saying as we close right now 7:30 <laughs> god is in the process of conforming us to the image of jesus it's all his glory it's all his work from beginning to middle end but the responsibility for us to surrender and to walk by that faith that he's given us is yours and mine. Are you with me? He enables us to do that. That's where the spiritual battle comes in. That's a whole different message. But let's just pray right now, if we may, okay? If you're here this morning, I, I don't know all y'all, but if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer with me from... Romans 10, 8 through 13. Pray it quietly as I'm praying. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed you. But I'm asking you now, O oh Lord God, to forgive me of all my sin, to come into my heart, and to begin living in me and through me, by the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you now, Lord Jesus, for coming into my heart, for saving me, for forgiving me, and for cleansing me. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, there'll be leaders up here to talk to you afterwards. But for others of you, let's bow our heads. Those of you who are believers here right now, If there are things in your life you're practicing but theology and you're saying, I'm sick of this, I want to surrender, it's going to be painful. I'm not here lying to you. If you came to me and wanted to know something about self-defense, I'd tell you the truth, this is what you need to do. You're going to learn it. But let me tell you what is going to set you free as you surrender as his child to walk by faith. Lord, I just pray for anyone here right now, and I want you to pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me. And I pray now, Lord, as I come to you, I surrender whatever it is in your life that you're struggling with to your control. You be glorified in my life. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.